there, ladies, and welcome back to the Feminine Domain. Um, this is Season 2, Episode 4, and I am Rebecca Klusterman. It has been a bit of a break. The whole of February, I was silent, ladies. Um, sorry about that. Um, life happened, and um, just lots of illness and various things, as well as the conference. Um, those talks should be available um, in the future at some point. Um, so that will be, yeah, up and available for you to listen to. Um, but yeah, today I just want to spend a few minutes, um, given the last month <laughs> that I've had, um, sharing with you a few thoughts on the topic of sanctified suffering. So I heard this idea on a recent podcast. Um, it was in an anonymous quote. Um, and this was the quote, sanctified afflictions are spiritual promotions. And then, in the thick of some of the health challenges my family had been facing, um, a dear brother in Christ sent a Charles Spurgeon quote to my husband and and to me, um, and I'm going to share that with you now. Perhaps, O tried soul, the Lord is doing this to develop thy graces. There are some of thy graces which would never be discovered if it were not for thy trials. Besides, it is not merely discovery. Real growth in grace is the result of sanctified trials. God often takes away our comforts and our privileges in order to make us better Christians. He trains his soldiers, not in tents of ease and luxury, but by turning them out and using using them, making them used to, forced marches and hard service. He makes them ford through streams and swim through rivers and climb mountains and walk many a long mile with heavy knapsacks of sorrow on their backs. Well, Christian, may not this account for the troubles through which thou art passing? Is not the Lord bringing out your graces and making them grow? So these are the two quotes where I encountered this idea of sanctified suffering But to me, in my everyday experience, this seems like an oxymoron oftentimes. I see in myself a propensity towards more sin in trials. Um, I often find that afflictions are the boiling pot that bring out of me the ugly, fleshly passions and desires that may not have been visible before. And as suffering heats things up, all these ugly things bubble up to the surface So how is it then that so many godly Christians consider trials to be a thing that brings out graces, something that encourages spiritual growth? Indeed, the Word of God describes trials in this way. We see in Romans 5, 3 to 5, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Or in James 1 verses 2 to 4, we see, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So we see here in God's word that 
this this idea of suffering producing good things, I think the key in this is the adjective sanctified. Okay, so in the first quote, it was sanctified afflictions. The second one, sanctified trials. And I've come to realize that the sufferings of life are like a fork in the road with one path labeled sanctified suffering and the other with a sign saying unsanctified affliction. And it is a choice which path I will walk down. So unsanctified affliction is the easier of the two paths in the short term, okay? It's where we go in our flesh instinctively when things get hard. In this sense, it's the natural or human way to respond to pain, the sinful way to respond to our sufferings. Now, we all have different temperaments, so we're all going to respond a little differently when life and circumstances heat up. Um, But God's word helps us to know what kinds of unsanctified ditches and sinful proclivities to be on the lookout for in ourselves. Okay, so things like fretting and complaining, stewing in anxiety, raging or lashing out, blaming other people, denying reality, wallowing in self-pity, or striving to control what we cannot. Responding in these kinds of ways um, does not take any thought or effort. Walking along the unsanctified path is easy in that we just go with the flow, we follow our hearts, um, the same hearts that scripture describes as deceitful and desperately wicked. And as I was thinking through this, I thought of the analogy of childbirth. So I've talked with um, several women who have given birth completely naturally with no interventions. That was not me. Both of my girls so far have been C-sections. But um, apparently, uh, according to the women that I've spoken with who have gone through it naturally without any interventions, um, when you face that level of pain that you do, in delivering a baby, a woman cannot just allow herself to start hyperventilating and go with the flow and do whatever she wants. Um, This is why there are whole classes on how to prepare for natural childbirth, right? And preparation for the husband even as well as the support person, right? Doulas, birth coaches, midwives, all exist to help women not just freak out and lose it, when the labor pains get to a 10. And I think a lot of women see the value in this as we think about the pain of childbirth. But if we can see the need for intentionality and effort in facing the physical pain of childbirth, we should also, ladies, see the need for exertion and focused attention um, in how we respond to the trials of life that are also painful. It's a different kind of pain, right? Um, other, other types of suffering. And this kind of intentionality, effort, exertion, and focus is what it's going to take to walk on the path of sanctified affliction. Sanctified affliction is the harder path in the immediate. It requires us to fight our natural, sinful, fleshly responses to hard things, It requires death to our flesh. This is why Jesus told us in Matthew 16, 24, Mark 8, 34, Mark 10, 21, take up your cross 
and follow me. But this is the way to life and to great reward. Okay, so the first step on the road of sanctified affliction is accepting that the suffering has been allowed by God. If he is in control, sovereign over all things, which he is, then he is over, under, behind, through, whatever situation we find ourselves in on a given day. Philippians 1.29 puts it this way, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. I think so many of us say yes and amen to God has granted us the grace to believe. But here we see it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe, but also to suffer. Granted, given to us, gifted to us. Those trials that you're facing today, be they big or small, God is granting them to you, allowing them with a purpose. He is doing something beautiful in the brokenness, in the hard, in the pain. Elizabeth Elliot puts it this way. She says, and I quote, Our problems cannot always be fixed, but they can always be accepted as the very will of God for now. And that turns them into something beautiful. Perhaps it's like the field wherein lies the valuable treasure. We must buy the field. It is no sun-drenched meadow embroidered with wildflowers. It is a bleak and empty place. But once we know that it contains a jewel, the whole picture changes. The empty scrap of forgotten land suddenly teems with possibilities. Here is something we can not only accept, but something worth selling everything to buy. May God give us grace to see sanctified afflictions in this way, to accept the trials that come from his hand, believing by faith that as we walk in obedience to him, these hardships are teeming with possibilities. Ladies, every affliction and trial we face is a choice. Am I going to be an unsanctified sufferer? Or am I going to choose to let God use this difficult thing in my life to sanctify me, to conform me to the image of Christ? May we, by his grace, be women who open our hands and hearts before him, asking him to help us. Here is John Flavel in Triumphing Over Sinful Fear. He says, quote, Our ability to bear, bear suffering does not come from nature, but grace. In extraordinary trials, we can expect extraordinary assistance. You are not to measure your ability to suffer according to your inherent strength, but God's assisting grace. God's power watches over your weakness. Whoever lives by faith never dies by fear. And then finally, I'll close with a quote from Philip Bennett Power. He says, We do not see the reasons for pain. We are like children who, for a present advantage, would forgo any amount of future good. But our sympathizing Father is wise 
with a full, far-seeing wisdom, and he means to get us great blessing, if only we are willing that he should bless us in his own way. It is not the most heroic, the most excellent way to shut yourself up and bear it grimly alone. Perhaps your nearest and dearest friends about you cannot enter into your sufferings, and that is sometimes likely to distress and irritate you. While remember, there is a friend who can, who in all our afflictions was afflicted, and that friend is in sympathy with you, and you are not unnoticed, and your pain is not undervalued. It has not escaped the observation of God, but has been noted by him, has been felt for by him. My groaning is not hid from thee. Psalm 38, 9. God bless you, ladies, and may you choose the path of sanctified suffering in those trials that you face every day. Until next time.